right, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the IT Pro TV podcast. I'm your host, Dom Pizzette, here today in studio with me, Mr. Daniel Lowry. Daniel, thank you for joining me. Not a problem. Always a pleasure to come into the podcast, or typically quite a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see where this one goes, but uh, we are back for our, our uh, well, this will be the first of what we're going to start doing on, on Thursdays. It'll be our our What's Happening podcast. What's uh, happening? Yeah, to, to quote the show. So uh, so what we're going to be doing in this episode is just kind of recapping a couple of, of news events that have occurred during the week that have been pretty big, things we just want to address real quick, put a little spin on them, and give you guys a, a different perspective and, and kind of see where things are going to go. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that flies yeah. <laughs> and then go from there. Uh, so let's, let's kick things off with... Um, uh, what, what is the, the big thing that's going on right now, which is the Equifax scandal? And Daniel, I'm, I'm sure you've read about Equifax and their debacle, About right? a million times. <laughs> I mean, it was just popped up on my feed, like, first thing, what was it, two or three days ago. And I said, oh, my goodness, there, here we go, another, another data breach. And when, when you get into it, it, long story short, people don't patch their servers down. Apparently, this is a real problem in the world, and, and now we all suffer because of it. Yeah, and and this one was, I mean, it was it was pretty bad, right? The mm-hmm. uh, they're saying 143 million people had their credentials compromised, so just just gone. Yeah, and and that, <laughs> that's what they're saying now. Maybe three weeks from they're like, yeah, we told you it was 143 million. It was it was really like 200. Million. You know, they, they they do have a a tendency to grow, yeah. right? That that more and more uh, data gets kind of yeah. found out as they, they research it, and and the problem here is even if it doesn't grow, right? Let's right. just pretend it doesn't grow at all. I I saw an article that was talking about it was really neat. It said that uh, uh, there's only 600 million people in the U.S. Right? Really? Is that and, that much? And no, there's not 600 million people in the U.S. There's like that's what it said 350 or 400 million. Oh, I, I, I guess it could be wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Well, anyhow, so the yeah. made-up number this article used was 600 million. So okay. what they were saying, though, was that of those 600 million, a lot of them are not uh, able to hold credit. They're like children. Oh, right. right? So the children can't have credit. Right. Uh, and so if you eliminate them and you cut it down to, say, 300 million, right, 143 million That's is like half, half of that. <laughs> it's significant, right? So, I mean, this is a big deal. And when you look at it that way, this is like the bulk of people. And, and I know the, the thing that I keep hearing thrown around in, in circles is the big problem here is that it is personally identifiable information that we can't change, right? Like credit card numbers and your home address. I can't just, I'm, I'm not going to go and change my home address. That's right. a whole the, lot the, of work. And the big danger here is because that can't change, if someone has that information, they could take it and then open a credit, a line of credit in my name. And now I've got to dispute that. It wasn't me. It was the Equifax thing. Oh, really? Well, we're pretty sure it was you because we want you to have that credit. And, you know, and, and that's going to happen. You're, it's going to make your life very difficult. Uh, identity, just the theft of your identity, doing things with your name and, and seeing you. Of course, we've seen the movies and the, and the satire of that. But it's a real thing that people go through, and it's a real pain. My dad's had it happen to him. And you got to go through all these hoops and hoopla to get your <laughs> everything squared back away to where you are who you are and that person isn't. And it's, it's just a real pain, and it all comes down to, we say there's a problem with this software. You should probably apply this patch, and they go, you know, I don't really want to do that because it's hard. And that's yeah. not a good philosophy when you're Equifax. <laughs> and, you know, let, let's talk about that, the patch, right? Yeah. Because um, everything we've said so far is probably not not new to you, right? For, for you guys out there yeah. in TV land, our, our typical viewer is somebody who is already aware of this, right? But there's a lot of misinformation being batted around as to what the actual cause was. 
And and the the headlines are almost always clickbait that says yeah. like open source to blame for Equifax hack and, <laughs> and so on. But uh, what it boils down to, or at least the information they're telling us right now, is that uh, the Apache Struts vulnerability that has been in, in news over the last, well, really all it, this year. The, uh, uh, the CVE hit in March. Yeah, well, now, you know, actually, let, let, let's clarify that a little bit, right? Because yeah. the, the March date is important. So yeah. um, so uh, basically, let me actually, here, I'll bring this up on my machine. Yeah. So Apache Struts is what we're talking about, Correct. right? And, and if you're not familiar with Apache Struts at all, uh, what it is, it's a framework. It goes on top of Apache. So Apache is a web server, and Apache is not really at, at fault here, right? No. Um, Struts is a framework that if you have a Java application and you want to, to quickly get this Java application on the web, you can use Struts to, to sit on uh, underneath it and power it. So it, it goes back to the whole reusability of code. You know, if I want to have a button on my web page, I'm not the first person to think of a button, so why not reuse a button somebody's already written? Struts is a whole collection of crap that's been written. I shouldn't say crap. It's a, <laughs> it's a whole collection of technology that's been gathered together that we can then reuse. Um, a lot of it is good. Some of it is crap. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what's led to this Struts problem. So this is Apache Struts. It's a well-established product. It's got uh, thousands of, of maintainers, people that are contributing code to it all the time. Uh, it's used on a ton of websites. It's freely available. Struts is a, a good product. It is a good technology. Java is the problem here because mm. Java makes things so difficult to maintain. It's so so many exploits that occur. So in this case, we've got a, an exploit, right? There's a CVE, a, a common vulnerability and exposure that's been documented, and, and Daniel throughout March. Now, the actual CVE was issued earlier, right? Really? If I look down here, data entry created January 29th, yeah. right? So. Back in January, this is the very end of January, but back in January is when the CVE was created. It just wasn't exploited in the wild until, until March. So see right here, exploited in the wild. in August, I believe. It, it uh, well, so, so this is yeah. where it gets even more yeah. tricky, right? So um, this thing was being exploited yeah, out there in the wild in March, and a patch was released, right? right. And the patch was released in March. Like, yeah. So, so it, it's out there, it should be fixable, you know, we, we shouldn't have this problem. But there was another Apache Struts exploit, which I've got pulled up. Well, one of these windows that I've got. Here we one go, this CVs. one. <laughs> and, uh, and if we look at this one, this one was created January, or January, June 21st, if I can read a date. So June 21st, there was another Apache Strut exploit. And when all this stuff hit the news, immediately people said, oh, well, it must be this new one that just came out in June. Right. And it was so fast that they just didn't have time to, to patch for it or whatever. But that's not the reality, right? The reality is that it happened, or the, the one that was exploited was the one that was basically determined back in January right. and, and patched in February or March. And so what you said, Daniel, is absolutely true. There was an exploit that didn't get patched in time. Now, what we don't know is when the attack started. That's right? correct. And now, uh, from what I've read, uh, Equifax knew about the, the, the data breach six weeks prior to them actually divulging that information to the public. All right. And there's some other sketchy things like hovering around the whole thing. So there's a bit of controversy, uh, like C-level execs dumping stock before, yeah. you know, before they, the announcement. This is when it, it's like, okay, well, how far really did they know about this? And where they just like, we, we can't keep the lid on this any longer. It, yeah. Even if that's not true, it calls that into question. It makes me question any of their integrity when it comes to uh, transparency. Well, I, I'm going to put a spin on this one, Daniel. Yeah. Let's see if we can't can't look at this. So, um, 
Six weeks is, Six is weeks. The, the number being bandied around it. And remember, all this, we, we don't have insider information, right. so this could all be wrong, right? Yeah. But but they're saying it was six weeks that they knew about it before they divulged. So we're in September. Mm-hmm. So if we go back six weeks, right, you know, now we're, we're back at the beginning of August. Correct. And that's when they found that they were compromised. Correct. Potentially, they could have been compromised way before, mm-hmm. right? So let, let's just come up with a, a scenario here where this doesn't all suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's say that they were broken into in January right? And, and just didn't notice it, right? And they finally did notice it. Maybe maybe they were broken into while it was still a zero-day exploit, mm-hmm. while nobody knew about it, right? And then the, the patch comes out. Maybe they patched their servers, and they were secured, but it had already been backdoored, right? right? So now the attackers can still get in even though the exploit has been patched. That's a possible scenario here where they don't come out looking like total... You know, yeah, well, incompetence. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> like that. Uh, because it, if it if it's true that just six weeks ago somebody was able to exploit this thing that was patched five months ago, that that's a problem. That's yeah. incompetence for a a company handling sensitive financial data like that. But but just be aware as you read all the articles that are out there, as you gather all the information, know that we're not getting all the data, yeah. and that there is a scenario where they don't come off as as total come slime balls, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's unlikely, but there is a scenario. I mean, when you, yeah. if you go if you go to Equifax and they say, "Oh yes, we've had a data breach," and you try to get to this page that they've set up for people to check and see, "Have I been affected?" That that page is now down. Oh, is it? Yeah, it does not work uh, at all. It's gone. Plus, even when it was up, they wanted you to sign up. It basically was trying to gear you through signing up for their um, credits monitoring service. Yeah, and for one whole year. Yeah, for one whole year, and then they start charging you. Um, but if my credit is being monitored by you who have data breaches, <laughs> what good are you? You know, even if that does happen. Well, I think it's a selling point. That yeah. They're saying, look, we'll monitor your credit, and we've got hackers who will monitor your credit as well. I mean, you've got like multiple sets of eyes. That, yeah. That's the whole open source philosophy, that's, isn't that's it? The community coming together. Open source <laughs> applied to credit. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, You live in that world. All right. Well, we're, we're going to learn more about this as time goes on. Right. But, but right now, it, it does look bad for yeah. Equifax. And, and the, the lesson that we can all learn here is that we need to be patching our servers, especially our public-facing servers, but don't neglect the internal you know, private services as well, defense in depth, right? So we need that. Uh, the other thing is know that there there is possibly more information that can make them not look like slime balls. They're, they're absolutely slime balls for selling stock right, right before divulging the information. There, there's if no, that's true, I, allegedly I, selling stock. Oh, allegedly. I, I don't know that that's 100% right. I can't. I read oh, that. Yeah, I, I've seen it from more than one source, yeah. so I would assume that that's I true. Assume, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff is publicly... Yeah, stock, you could but, go out and just Google uh, that up. <laughs> yeah, so that that's bad. And, yeah. and if you know your stock's about to take a hit and you turn around and sell something really quick, that that's insider information, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, so. you would think that the what is it, the SEC? Oh uh, yeah, yes. Would, uh, come on. Hello. <laughs> we'll, we'll see where that yeah. goes. But that's just three employees, right? And, right? and obviously, this is a problem that that stems a little bit bigger than that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, just. Reserve your judgment for right now mm-hmm. on, on whether Equifax is a bunch of slime balls. <laughs> uh, and, and just remember, in your own environment, make sure that you're patching and know that when a CVE is released, at that point, hackers can read the CVEs just like regular people. It so is that, public knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that means they can start to take advantage of it, so you need to be patching for that. That's right. All right. The, the other story that I wanted to touch on here was an interesting one because 
people were freaking out over something, <laughs> and I, I freaked out a different way than everybody else. I, I wanted to talk about it. You're a weird and, freak, Don. <laughs> no, I, I have my moments. Uh, and it was Tesla. Now, Daniel, you, you own multiple Teslas. I right? have at least six or seven of them. <laughs> One that I just like to drive through the mud and wreck. One that I keep nice. Yeah, it, it, nobody <laughs> nobody told you you could recharge them. So uh, it, it just yeah, runs just drive it until it runs out. <laughs> get out, get another one. All right, so <laughs> Teslas are incredibly expensive. No one here at the office has a Tesla. No. Uh, just just for the record, so you guys know. Um, but the, one of the amazing parts I think about the vehicle is that it's got a very powerful computer mm -hmm. that is software upgradable that can be managed remotely. And I know some people are a little bit hesitant on that, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that some other company could reach out and remotely shut my car down, that's not too cool. And Don, do I own my car at that point in time? If they're able to do things to my, to something I paid for, yeah. do, do I own it? Or am I just licensing it from them? And, you know, in the car world, this is the first time we've really had to worry about this, but in other areas, like with mm -hmm. cell phones, yep. you know, are, are you allowed to root your phone? They, they had to get the, who was it, the patent office or somebody yeah. to, to create this right to jailbreak or, and stuff for phones. <laughs> so is it the same in the world of cars? So what brought attention to this this week was Hurricane Irma. So we, we yep. were affected by the hurricane. and We survived. Uh, yeah, yeah we, uh -huh. we made it. <laughs> so uh, um, with Tesla they saw that people were evacuating from South Florida. And if you're in an electronic vehicle or an electric vehicle and you're trying to evacuate, you need to get as m many miles as you can because you don't know when you're going to be able to get to a charger. If you do, you don't is know. Is there power? Is there power? Is there going to be a giant line for people waiting right. to charge their EVs? And, and you got to evacuate. So turns out that Tesla artificially caps the battery charge on their vehicles to about 85%. So when you buy a Tesla, you pay for a certain battery size. It could actually go more. They just they cap it. And so uh, what I think was a good move, uh, definitely a good gesture on their yes. part, is they reached out to vehicles in South Florida, and they uncapped the battery. And they said, hey, let's, let's let them go all the way up to 100%. And now they can go a little bit further during evacuation. That's a, I think it's a good gesture. Right? Uh, it was a, a brilliant move. It was uh, very good from Tesla as a, as a good faith sign of, of people that have purchased their vehicle and they're trying to get out of somewhere that is, was very potentially uh, life-threatening. And we want to get you as far away from that storm as possible. Uh, but then it starts calling into question the whole, well, if my car is remotely controllable, what happens if I update my car and it freaks out on me or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people started freaking out, saying that we're going to end up in this world where buying a car is like buying a Cisco router. Oh, right. Where the the Cisco router is one piece of hardware, but depending on the software license you pay, you may get more features. So in theory, Daniel, you and I could go down to the Tesla lot today. And we could buy the exact identical hardware. We could leave that lot with the same hardware. Right. But if I pay $15,000 more, my car does so much other stuff. And then they already do that with like the, what is it, ludicrous mode or, or whatever. Yes, they so, do. Yeah. So, uh, and you, I think it costs ten grand. It goes it's, plaid, though. It, yeah, it goes to plaid. <laughs> so so uh, people started freaking out over that. Like, we don't want to end up in this giant licensing model where we don't own our cars. Right. I didn't care about that. I was like, whatever. <laughs> they they manage it, find it. If there's a problem, I know who to point my finger at, and, and there you go. But what bothered me was something a little bit different. Right now, if I don't like the way my cell phone works, what, what can I do about it? You go get a different one. I can go get a different one, right? Yeah. A cell phone is cheap. Yeah. Well, 
What's good? Clarify, right? It's cheapish. <laughs> so it, it's not going to kill me if I end up losing right. a six hundred dollar phone, and I can go and get another one. Right? Yeah, I was talking about Boost um, Mobile, dude. <laughs> well, even cheaper, you get a burner. Fifty bucks, you're done. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so that's not such a big deal. But a car, it is a big deal, right? Especially you, a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar car. That's that's a lot of money. So if you don't like what what Tesla is doing, you can't just go and, and swap out cars right away, especially if you're on a lease or something. So that, that's one problem. Uh, but the other problem was if I don't like what my phone is doing, I could always flash it, couldn't I? I could I could True. root my phone if it's an Android phone. I could root yep. it or flash a custom firmware on there. You know, I've, I've got the hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, Apple, not so much. They don't let yeah. you really do that. But mm -hmm. but on the Android world, you usually can. Uh, I can I can mess around with it. Yeah. You can do the same thing with routers, right? If I get a, a Linksys WRT 54G, right? The most hackable router the on the planet. mother of all routers. <laughs> we could take that and put a custom firmware. Right? I could put DDWRT. What was it or one, Tomato or whatever? Tomato, tomato yeah. very, very popular, yeah. right? So you throw that on there, you do whatever you want. You could boost the antennas and get the FCC mad at you. <laughs> yeah. So you can do that. Give yourself some form of melanoma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if I do it and I mess it up, who, who does that hurt, Daniel? That hurts you. Just That's me? It, just you. I, I might burn out my router. I right. got to go and get another one. I, I burn out my, my phone. I got to get a new one. Right. But where this freaked me out is let's say that somebody gets a car and they say, okay. I know that if I hack this car, I can make it go faster. If I hack this car, I can get more battery life out of it. Okay, and so they start hacking it. They start right. messing around with it. Now, what do I care? It's, it's their money. If they want to yeah. avoid their warranty, it's their own problem. Go crazy. But if I'm driving down the interstate, and some kid in a Tesla pulls up next to me, and all of a sudden their car freaks out and slams into me at interstate speed. That's that's dangerous. Uh, right? Just a little bit. I mean, the it, same same thing is going for uh, autonomous cars as well, right? Because I'm not technically driving the car. So if the car does something strange, they, they upload code or whatever it is to it to make it run, and it does something weird and, and causes an accident, am I, as the insured, covered? Or is... is yeah. Is it is it my fault or is it the car's fault? Is it, if it's a Google car, is it Google's fault? You know, whose fault is to blame? And, you know, you had that possible, there, there's no controlling element behind it other than its sensors. I, mean, I guess the argument could be made that, you know, we have organic sensors that are controlling the car, but there's just something more <laughs> reassuring about a person watching yeah. and taking in uh, information in the way we do. You know, uh, last year, Volkswagen came out, and they said, uh, we're going to get into the, the autonomous car environment. And you know, Volkswagen, the, the most yeah. trustworthy vendor right. in the market you with know. their diesel emission scandal. But, but, <laughs> but anyhow, they said, uh, we'll take legal responsibility for car accidents. Wow. If our automated car gets in an accident, we'll, we'll take that. And they said, if any other car manufacturer doesn't want to do that, they're not ready to be in autonomous cars. Their cars aren't ready. And, uh, which is, I mean, they were really like. Well, they had the, the money to do that when they were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before the multi billion dollar exactly. settlement there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even there, like with the autonomous cars, I don't worry about it so much because I know that they've got a research department. They've got engineers, PhDs, right. people that are designing but if it's the algorithms. You hacking at your car, you're some Johnny come nobody, and you could be the worst hacker on earth. And yeah, you got it to do something. But you may have also gotten to do something you didn't expect, right? Absolutely. And and how many crappy Honda Civics have you seen at a stoplight <laughs> that have giant spoilers and and big exhaust pipes and are running terrible? Like you can hear the motor shaking on its you're, mounts. You're winning <laughs> me over on your argument right now, because yes, that that does call into question their ability to reason through what they're getting ready to do. With their vehicle. <laughs> 
So, so that's what got me a little freaked out when I saw this. I was like, great. People are going to start messing with their car. Yeah. They're going to start hacking into the systems, and now they're going to become giant danger missiles on the interstate. <laughs> yeah. And anytime I see a Tesla, I'm going to want to slow down and move over to the side and let that go by because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. It shouldn't be like that, right? No, so I mean, you could think, w would you be able to hack the car and overcharge the battery until it explodes? So now it's a giant rolling bomb? or Yeah. You know, it's like the Note 7 of, of cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a hoverboard. hoverboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could be, right? Uh, <laughs> it could certainly happen. So, um, you know, interesting little tech spin there on the whole Tesla thing. For the record, I think Tesla did a great thing. Yes. You know, they, they really mm -hmm. helped people to evacuate, which is great. Uh, I appreciate that. I just hope, and, and this is going to be one of the few times that I say this, but I think that like Apple's jail approach for mm -hmm. phones is really perfect for vehicles, that they, they really do need to keep that yeah. closed off be, just because of the safety, because it can affect other people. What, I don't what, care if you, you know, hack your phone or your, your I'm router. The, I'm the same way. I think you're right about as far as the jailing approach to the car software. And, what, and it really opens them up to a, a revenue stream of being able to say, well, if you want us to do some custom mod to your car, we'll just contact Tesla and the engineers here that know that software inside and out will make that modification for you, upload the code, and you're off to the races or the electrical gas pump or whatever. Yeah, you want to call but it. you know, it it could turn into like an in-app purchase though. Right. You That's know, what I mean it's a revenue oh, stream for them. If you want to go over sixty miles per hour this week, you need a hundred gems. <laughs> and uh, you oh, play you Candy know, Crush. You, you've logged into your Tesla five days in a row, yeah. and oh, you just broke your streak. You can pay a hundred gems, and, and you can you know keep your streak going. <laughs> all the all the bad stuff. You get yeah. your Tesla, and it's like rate us five stars. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just want to burn this car now. <laughs> Every time they get a new car, yeah. you get little pop-ups on your dash. Yeah, like, hey, have you tried the new car? <laughs> All right. You have updates waiting. <laughs> uh, sadly, that could be our future. Uh, it probably like, is, to be honest with you. I guess they kind of do that with the, the Amazon Kindle, right? When, oh, when yeah. you buy a Kindle, you can get the ad-supported version. So could I get the ad-supported Tesla, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's only $80,000 instead of one hundred twenty-five. That's right, right but yeah. it's got in-app purchases. Yeah. and uh, hey, yeah. you know what? Maybe I need this you know, cloud aggregation. <laughs> and, then, and then one day Tesla says, you know what? We're going to go 64-bit, so all the 32-bit Teslas, nope, no, they're, they're gone. They're, they're gone. They don't <laughs> They're not supported any longer. <laughs> All right. So obviously there can be a wicked side to this story, but I think uh, uh, I think it's just you know something interesting, something to yeah, watch. Something I think, think there about. is danger there yeah. from numerous angles. So definitely something to watch. All right. Well, I think that's a, a pretty good wrap up for us for some of the the neat things that have been going on in our world this week. You know, be sure to stay tuned. We've got other episodes, IT Pro TV podcast coming down the line. Uh, you know, like I said, we want to start doing these little newsy type ones as well as our our normal interview type segments as we move forward. So if you have any ideas for the show, be sure to reach out to us. Let us know. Go to itpro.tv. Uh, you can always post comments there. Uh, we've got a little chat window. You can talk mm -hmm. to our support team. Give us some ideas, and we'd uh, love to hear from you. So definitely check that out. Uh, as well as our social media presence. You know, we uh, uh, we are social people, so you can always reach out. Daniel, you are at Daniel underscore itprotv yep. Yep, on Twitter, and I am just uh, I'm just at Don Pizzette. I'm not creative. <laughs> uh, so you can always reach out to us that way, but the site is probably the best way to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I do hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Be sure to tune back in for our podcast down the road. Mm -hmm. But for right now, this is a good spot for us to wrap it up. So signing off for IT Pro TV, I've been Don Pizzette. I'm Daniel Lowry. And we will see you next time.